Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Do you believe it, church? Amen. Praise God. Amen. Well, God's doing miracles out everywhere, all over the world. Amen. And I'm glad y'all are here tonight. I'm glad y'all are listening and watching. But I'm glad y'all are also here in the sanctuary. Now, just to let everybody know, you know, uh, they're doing everything in the world to try to keep church from taking place. Hello? And so I want to tell you something. You know, this Sunday we had about 75 people in church. We can handle more people. If you're out there tonight watching and, and you're wondering if you could get in the doors of the church, yeah, come on, we'll find a place for you. Don't worry about it. And uh, I'm glad to see some faces, glad to see some, some, some life. Y'all are kind of got me lopsided tonight. Everybody's sitting over here on my left. I feel like I'm listening to the left over here. But look, that, that looks like what church used to be. Praise God, but I got some life over here, so praise the Lord. So anyway, I want to share a word with you tonight. Uh, so get your Bibles out and go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, a place we've already been the last few weeks, but I got something I want to, I want to share with you. You know, I, I, the last few weeks I've shared a lot of things. I've shared about the curse. I've shared about different things. And last week I was talking about the things of the Spirit. And, you know, sometimes... You, you you just get started in your walk with with the Lord and 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 the the you're trying to do things right you're trying to get things going right you're you're doing all you can but a lot of times we're living in the emotion we're not living by faith we're just living in the emotion so if you feel good you're happy and if you don't feel good well then you're not happy you know if everything's going good then you're praising God but if everything's going bad you're murmuring and griping. And that's what we do because that's, that's our, our Adamic nature. That's the nature of what it takes living under the curse, all right? When you live under the curse, you know, the only breath of air that you get is when you, you, you get a little bit of something good happening, you, you get a little breath of air. You know, it's like you're drowning all the time. That's living under the curse. But we as Christians, we shouldn't be living like that. Now, I'm as susceptible to it as any of you because, you know, we get tired. Man, it's already, it's Texas, and it's already getting hot. It's only the 20th of May, and boy, I tell you what, it's been a scorcher these last few days. And so, you know, you get outside, you get hot, you get tired, you get irritated, and, and it, it seems like God's forsaken you. But it's just an emotion. It's just a feeling. It's just the way it is, you know? Once you get inside the house, drink you some iced tea, cool off, life seems better. Amen? And so we can't live our Christian life like that. We've got to live our Christian life by faith. We've got to live our Christian life by the revelation of who God is and who we are in Christ. Amen? So Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, I've read this scripture to you a few times, but we're going to read it again. It says, In you he made alive who were dead in your trespasses and sin, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we were once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as others. But God, who is rich in his mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. For by grace you have been saved. And raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So 
Your position, the moment you got saved, the moment you gave your heart to Jesus, the moment you, 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 you became a Christian, that moment, spiritually speaking, your position changed into the position of sitting at the right hand of the throne of God. But if you live a Christian life by emotion, by your soulish nature, what happens then is because you don't see it. You don't feel it. That morning you woke up. How many of y'all have good mornings and bad mornings? Can I just see a show of hands here, huh? Yeah. Some mornings I'm ready to just, I, I think I could leap over a wall or give it a good shot. And then there's other mornings I wake up and it's like drag out of bed and just, man, am I going to make it through the day? Everything seems to be bad. Everything seems to be wrong. Nothing seems to go right. Am I, am I preaching right? Well, that's because we live in a fallen world. And we live in these stupid earth suits that God gave us. All right? They don't always function like they're supposed to function. They don't always do what they're supposed to do. We're not in that garden experience like it was in the beginning with Adam and Eve, just walking around having a good time in the presence of the Lord. You have to get yourself into the presence of the Lord. Always the curse is trying to take you out of the presence of God. Always the curse is working against you to get you into, you know, back into the flesh. And, you know, when I say the flesh, I don't mean you have to, you know, just go be a, 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 a raving lunatic, cursing fool, running down the road, being ugly to everybody. I mean, just getting in the flesh in the sense that you're not in faith. Huh? You're just not looking at anything in faith. You're still, you're thinking the curse has come upon you and you're feeling like tomorrow is not going to be any better than today. The whole Christian life has to be lived by living in faith in Jesus. Believing that God is doing something when you don't even see it. Believing that God's working a miracle when you don't even see it. It's taking like David did when he was at Ziklag and he came home and his whole family was destroyed and everything was destroyed. And you just got to reach down and pull your boots on. Pull your bootstraps up and get up and say, man, God's going to do it. You have to encourage yourself sometimes. And that's what David did. He encouraged himself in the Lord. Well, you got to get yourself encouraged and say, man, I don't care how I feel my position is right at the right hand of the throne of God. That's where I'm at. That's where I spiritually speak I am. Spiritually, I'm there. Physically, I'm on earth. Soulishly, I'm torn in between. Am I right? Okay. So what we got to do is get our soul over there with our spirit so we can tell our body to shut up. Okay? But that's where you're at. So I want to show you something here tonight. Now I want you to go to the very front of the book. Go to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. Let's look at the original plan here. Now God, you know, if you go read through the whole chapter 1, he starts out, he's making the world. He's spinning the world into existence. He's putting the stars in the sky and the sun and the moon and, and earth and trees and putting it all in there, right? Animals, the whole nine yards. He's, putting, he's creating this whole world. Does it in six days. Sits down under a tree, drinks a glass of tea. Kicks his feet up and said, you know, looks like everything's good. Right? Okay. So in verse 26, chapter 1, verse 26, God makes man. <clears throat> and let's just read what it says. Then God said, let us make man in our image. Whether you feel like it or not, you're created in the image of God. According to our likeness. And let them have dominion. Everybody say dominion. 
dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over all the cattle, over all the earth, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So you have dominion over the creeps, right? Isn't it interesting that he used that word? You know, if you go look up that word, what does it mean? You know, creeping thing? You know what it means? Creeping thing. That means spiders and whatever creeps around. you got dominion over it. You may scream first, but then you can take dominion. But you have dominion over everything. That word dominion, all right, it means to rule, to have dominion, to dominate, to tread down. You're in charge. That's a pretty, dominion means there ain't nobody bigger and badder than you. That's the way God set it up. Right in the very beginning, he gave man dominion. Man was supposed to be, his, his created man who's created in the image of him, in the likeness of him, was to take dominion over the face of this earth. Not the devil, not the curse, not anything else except man that was created in the image of God was to have dominion on the face of the earth. That's the way God, that was what his plan was. Absolutely, that's what his plan was. Man was going to rule. And then Genesis 3 comes along. Man makes... Big mistake. And the curse comes upon the face of the earth. And the devil gets his foot in here. All right? And not until Jesus comes and restores a right relationship with God does man regain his position. So each and every one of you saints out there, everybody listening right now, if you're born again and Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of your life, whether you feel like it or not, You have dominion over your kingdom. The devil does not have dominion over your kingdom. You've been translated out, according to Colossians 1.13, out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. The devil doesn't have power and dominion over you. Not unless you do like Eve did and give it to him. Not unless you do like Adam does and listen to the wrong counsel and, and fall into it. You can't be talked out of what's yours. I was thinking about this example Imagine, imagine if, if uh, a person, not your blood relative, came to you, found you, said, I don't know who, you, you know, I, I want to know you better, but I, I tell you, I like you, I, I like you, I like you. And so I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you my factory. I'm going to give you my whole factory. And you're going to be the CEO of the factory. You're going to own it. You're going to have all the stock in it. It's all, all that factory is yours. And so you're like, really? What are you talking about? And he takes you down there. You walk into this big building. I don't know. It's manufacturing something. you got motors and you got assembly lines. And there's 200 people working in there. All this is yours. And, he, and you, you talk to him. You say, you mean this is all mine? This is, yeah, I'm going to give it all to you. I'm going to adopt you as my son. And I'm going to give you this. And this is going to be yours. This whole factory. Man, it's just like, you mean you got to put your hand up like this to see even partially down to the end of the, how big the factory is. It's big. All right? It's yours. And he gives it to you. And he signs it over and says, it's yours. And you say, well, I don't, you know, I don't really know anything about management. I don't really know anything about my good. Well, it doesn't make any difference. You got the bookkeeper over here. You got a bookkeeper over here. You got an office manager over here. You got secretaries over here. You got uh, foremans. You've got people that are down there working the job and all like that. And here's the manual. Go read the manual. Everything in this manual, everything in that manual, tell you how to run this factory. 
And the guy walks out the door. And everybody walks up to you. You know, the first few days, it's glory because everybody's coming up to you. And she's, oh, we're so glad to have you. We just know, know that, you know, Mr. So-and-so, he chose you. So, I mean, oh, gosh, you know, you got to be really something special. No, this is great. This is good. So, you should, man, you get back up next morning. You put your clothes on. You go show up at work again. You know, you don't know what you're doing because you hadn't read the manual yet. And you're just looking out over. The, let's say, let's say it's got a like a like a the way I see it in my mind. You know, it's got like a, a, a two story deal and a big window, and you're just out looking over the factory. Look at all that stuff going. Look at all. Ooh, look at that old motor over there. I wonder what that thing does over there. Like, people everywhere just going along, putting stuff in boxes. Everything's going good. You know, you just you just stand there looking. I've always noticed that Christians, when they first get saved, it's like a ninety day grace period. Anything they ask God, anything going on, just instantly happens. But then after that 90 days is up, man, it's like, um, you're supposed to be reading the manual of how to operate this business. And so you're just going in there, you're just getting coffee for the, for the secretary because you don't know what to do. Y'all following me on this? Is this making sense to you? And this is how a lot of people rule their, and have dominion in their Christian life. They just keep showing up. And you know, how many of y'all know that if, you, if, that was, if my story was true, and that was really taking place, what would eventually begin to happen is if you didn't know how to manage things and you didn't know what was going on, you didn't have the right people in, in, in the, the place and you didn't weren't checking to see if everybody's getting paid and how much money was really coming in and what the revenue flow was and you weren't taking care of that and you weren't managing and, you know, what if you didn't pay the electricity bill? You know, what if you, what if, what if, you know, you weren't down there talking to the people, you weren't down there... Uh, you know, every day greeting the people and encouraging the people, encouraging the managers and having managers meeting and finding out what's going on. And, oh, conveyor belt number 64 over there don't look too good. You know, it's got a bad roller and we need to place that bearing in it. But you don't know nothing about that. You, you just don't manage it. You just keep thinking that if you don't look at it, it'll fix itself. Right? And so then you call the boss. You call the guy that owned it. Hey, I don't really know what's going on here. Can you help me out here? Well, I, you know, yeah, I gave you, I, I gave, did you, have you read the manual? Well, I, no, I don't, you know, I don't want to take time to read the manual. I mean, you know, can you just tell me how this works? How many of you guys know that we've never read an instruction manual in our life? I mean, you're going to put, you're going to put something together, you know? I mean, you just chunk that thing away because you just think you can do it. Well, see, that's what's happened with a lot of Christians in their lives. They've never read the manual, the Bible, to even know what the promises of God are. And so they're trying to run this life because he's given us. You're sitting at the right hand of the throne of God. It's all been given to you. Everything out there is going to, he says, everything you put your hand to is going to prosper. You're going to be blessed in all that you do. But if you don't know the promises, you don't know what God said, well, then how are you going to run the business? And then they get mad, and then it gets burdensome, and then they get tired, and then they're turning to the, you know, getting mad at the, at the, at the man that gave them the, the, the factory and saying, man, you know, you give me this burden, I've got to carry this burden around all the time, man. I tell you what, go down there, and people just complain and everything, things not working, got to put this over here. And then it's turning to just gripe and complain about everything. Heavens to Betsy, gave us eternal life. Went to the cross and died for us so that we could live forever. Said that all of our sins would be forgiven, everything we touch would prosper. Said that we're, the, we're blessed and we're not cursed, we're the head, not the tail, we're above and not beneath. He said all these things to us. But then we don't walk in it and we don't understand it, so therefore it becomes burdensome to us. And then we get into where, you know, you start listening to this person, you start listening to people tell you how to 
run the business rather than reading the manual that the owner wrote about running the business. And you're not hearing from the owner, you're hearing from other people and said, oh, you think that would work? And so you throw that in. You think this would work? Oh, you throw that in. Think that would work? You throw that in. Boy, aren't y'all glad you got to come back to church. So let's go to Matthew 16. Let me show you something. Matthew 16. You know, what gets me is that when I look at, at, at that's what our founding fathers did in the United States. They came together and they wrote a constitution. They put a bunch of amendments in there and they wrote the Bill of Rights and they put all these things in there and they said in there, y'all run the country like this and it'll be good. But people seem to have forgotten that they have laid those plans out. People want to just do what people want to do and it doesn't work. And it doesn't work in a Christian life if you want to get off the manual and still claim to be a Christian. So Matthew 16, 13, you, you, you know this scripture, but let's read it. It says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Okay, he's wanting to know what the crowd's saying, right? So they said, well, some say John the Baptist. Some say Elijah. And others, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. Okay, stop right there. Do you realize, listen to what he just said there. He's got what? John the Baptist, Elijah, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. So he's, they're saying here, you're at least one of four things. Okay? So those that thought it was, he was Elijah. So let's get this doctrine here a minute. Let's just take this. This is good. I like this. So here you got some people believe he was John the Baptist because they had read a little bit of Scripture, a little bit of the manual that said there was one going to come before the Messiah. So then they're not believing that Jesus is the Messiah. They're believing that he was going to be John the Baptist or the, the, the one coming before. So there's a little bit of truth to that. In other words, they got a little bit of doctrine, a little bit of Scripture. They at least went and researched in the Old Testament. Remember, they didn't have the New Testament at this time to know there was somebody coming before the Lord. So they're saying, well, he's not really the Messiah, but... I bet he's the guy that they said was going to come before the Messiah. So they go build a doctrine on that. They're going to run their business on that word. Right? Well, they're wrong. But they got some gospel because they heard it from somebody else. Then you got somebody saying, well, it must be Elijah. Where did they come up with that? Well, in the Old Testament, they said the spirit of Elijah was going to come. Right? So they got a little bit of truth. They don't have the whole truth. They got a little bit of truth. Isn't it amazing how many Christians are running around the world today trying to, to rule and have dominion in their life, but have no idea of what they're supposed to be doing? But they got a little bit of truth and just ran with it. If you start talking to Christians, people have some crazy doctrines. Doctrines that contradict themselves. Doctrines that don't make any sense in their life. They believe Oh, yeah, you're getting saved and forgiven for your sins. Oh, yeah, but no, God won't heal you. He's not doing that now. Hello? Oh, no, you're not really saved unless you've got a full immersion under the water. If you just got sprinkled, no, you're not really saved. So, oh, my God, which is the truth? I don't know. Go read the manual. I was going to put a whole bunch of scripture in this message tonight. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost told me to tell you, if, you, if I say something and you don't know this, go find it. I'm not going to tell you where it is. You've got to go look it up. I remember one time my mother, I was preaching about the, the blue thread 
in the garment. And she said, where is that in the Old Testament? And I said, I don't know, mother, go look it up. And she said, well, that's not right. Just tell me where it's at. And I said, nope, ain't going to do it. I said, you're going to have to go find it. She said, well, I can't believe that. A couple of days later, she called me and said, I just want you to know I found it. I said, okay, good. You had to go search it for yourself. So I'll do it to my own mother. You know, y'all, y'all don't stand a chance. Okay, so they had a little bit of truth, but not really all of it. So he said to them, but who do you say I am? So Simon Peter answered and said, you're Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Okay, so what happened to Peter? Because it doesn't take Peter very long. In just a few verses down there, he's already got hold. The devil's got hold of him, and he's off, okay? So he wasn't like Superman spiritually, right? He was human just like us. But at this moment, he heard from heaven the revelation on the inside of him. When he spoke out of his mouth, you're Christ. You're the Son of God. Jesus said, way to go, man. You heard from heaven. So the real key here to living life and having dominion in your life is you have to live your life by revelation. You cannot live your life by, oh, what pastor said. You know what's going to happen? You're going to be like the sons of Sceva. They went out there and they had the demon-possessed guy, and they tried to cast the devil out. And the devil jumps up and said, man, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? And then he flew into them, ripped all their clothes off, whooped them, and sent them out down the road. What I'm saying to you is we have to live by revelation. We have to know what the Word of God says down in our own heart if we're going to really have dominion and run our factories. And if you don't have a revelation, then you're just living on somebody else's suggestion, and you're trying to put it out there to see if it's going to work. And I'm telling you, you can't live like that. You can't have victory like that. You've got to hear from heaven every day. Now, it's not difficult. All right? Let me read a little bit more here. He says, Also, I say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, let me tell you something. It wasn't built upon Peter. That wasn't the church and the rock he's talking about. He's talking about the revelation. Because I'm telling you, Peter... Just a few verses later, Jesus turns to him and says, man, get behind me, Satan. He called him the devil. Okay? He's talking about your church, your factory is going to be run on the, by revelation that you have and the time you spend with the Father and knowing what the Father says to you. The other day, I was kind of getting a little freaked out. And it's not that I get freaked out and worried about the things that are going on in the world, but, but you know, y'all know me, man. I'm country, you know, and I, I tend to... At times when, when, they start, when I start reading all the headlines and hearing this and that, yeah, then this is going to happen and that's going to happen, you know. I mean, you know, I grew up in the years of watch, rock, watching Red Dawn, you know. So I'm ex still expecting the Russians to parachute in at any, any minute, you know. And so, uh, so I tend to get a little overboard and, and, and go off the deep end at times. And so I was kind of going off the deep end, and I said, Lord, man, I mean, you've got to help me here. What, what do I do? I mean, you've got me passing the church and all the sheep. We've got to take care of them. We've got to do it. And what's going on and what's going to take place and whatever. And, and it, he just stopped me. And he said, would you just be quiet for a minute? Just stop. And he said, what have I already told you? And I said, well, I mean, 
you told me everything's going to be okay, that we're going to rescue millions of people around the world, and we're going to take them all to heaven. I want to present a nation to you, Lord. All right, then that's what's going to happen. Would you quit looking at all this other stuff? And to stop myself, he'd already spoke to me. He already told me years ago. But see, if we forget it because the times we get to looking in the world, we get to look in the natural. We get to look at the natural things going on around us. And when we're doing that, then all of a sudden we get overwhelmed because what's really taking place is the curse is coming upon us. We don't realize it. You know, it's like that putting the frog in the water and turning the pot on, boiling him slow. You know, we're getting boiled slow. We don't realize what the curse is doing. It's coming upon us. It's getting in our mind. It's lying to us, telling us that we're really not at the right hand of the throne of God, that we really don't have the Father's ear, that we're really not the apple of his eye, that things aren't really lining up like they should because, you know, it, we think it should line up this way or that way. Hello? So he goes on here and he says, And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now, I have... For years, in all my, you know, 35-plus years of walking with the Lord, I've read a lot of books on binding and loosing, and I've, I've looked at a lot of different perspectives of this. But I just want to tell you this tonight, church. You can, you, can, you can believe whatever you want to. You can go look at whatever you want to. But I believe the truth of this scripture here lies in the revelation that Peter had that Jesus was the Son of God that he heard from the Father. I don't believe there's any magic words. I don't believe there's any one key that's going to unlock all of heaven for you as far as like if you just say, you know, boo-dee-dee-boo-dee-boo, then everything's going to line up. I don't believe there's just a specific prayer. You can just go right down on a piece of paper and hold it out in front of you and read that prayer and then everything lines up. What I do believe with all of my heart is when you have the revelation from heaven that God gave you dominion over your life and your kingdom that you're in. And when you have that revelation that that's yours, then when you speak, things are going to get bound and things are going to get loose. But you're not going to have nothing happen if you just read it out of a book and bought some book on binding and loosing and you read it and he said, well, so-and-so in here says, let's pray like this. I don't, you're not going to see anything happen because it has to come from a revelation from you. And if it doesn't come from a revelation from you and, and your revelation may not be the same as my revelation, doesn't mean your revelation's wrong. It just means that's how God's talking to you. Why not? You're, you're your own unique individual created by God to fulfill your destiny. So, I mean, all of us in here, some of us are great prayer warriors and we, we, we pray a certain way and others of us pray a different way and, 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 you know, we all live our lives a little differently, this and that and the other, you know, but... It, I'm telling you, you've got to do it by revelation. And the only way to get a revelation from heaven is to spend time in the manual, in his word, and with him. Well, I don't really know how to spend time with the Lord. Okay, let me tell you. Number one, you've got to turn the TV off. Number two, you've got to turn the radio off. Okay? Number three, you need to learn how to shut your mind up. I'm not talking about going in some transcendental state of, you know, whatever. I'm talking about just shut the yak up in your head. Because you're going to hear the yak in your head. You have got to get discipline over your brain and say to your brain, shut up. I'm in charge. My spirit man is in charge. 
My spirit man's going to rule, and, I, and, and you shut up. I'm not listening to you. I'm not. Uh, sit, 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 sit. And then you have to either sit down. You can stand up, I guess, if you want to, and be still before the Lord. And if you sit down and say, okay, Lord, I just love you, and I just thank you so much, and I just love to be here in your presence, and I'm trying to be still before you right now, but I wonder, I wonder what, if, did I need to turn the oven on to 350 or 375? I don't remember which one it was. We want to do that recipe. and What? what? You've lost it. You're not going to hear heaven that way. You have got to learn to discipline yourself and shut up and sit there. You say, we're well, just going to sit there in silence? No, you're going to have a conversation with the Lord. I'm telling y'all, I, 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 I learned this years ago. I have no great, this sounds so bad, but I, I, I just, like, I don't have any, I don't go to my Heavenly Father, to Jesus, and I, I, I don't have any, I don't change who I am when I go talk to Him. In other words, I'm going to talk to Him just like I'm going to talk to you. I'm just going to sit down and say, hey, Dad, you know, man, today really looks rough. You know, I'm just going to talk normally. You're fooling yourself because what you're doing, you're getting into religious works. If you're trying to, oh, Heavenly Father, thou who sittest in the heaven, who lovest me, oh, I worship thee. You're, just, you're, you're getting yourself into religious works. You've got to have some communication. All right? So you got the TV shut off, you got the radio shut off, you got your mind shut off, and so now you're going to talk to the Lord. What are you going to talk to him about? Whatever you want to. Now, maybe you need to get your grocery list out of the way so you can hear. You know, maybe you need to go ahead and sit down right up front and say, Lord, I'm just praying right now. I need some help. I got this bill right here. I got to do this, and I need this, and I really want you to do this, and I really want you to do that. And God, I just pray for this. You said pray for my daily needs, and I pray for my daily needs. I'm praying for my daily And be through with it. So then you can shut up and hear something. Right? And if you need to do some whining, go ahead. The Lord doesn't care. He'll listen to your whining. You can go ahead and whine. Why is it like this? How come he this won't he won't change and that one won't do this? And well, Lord, why is this happening to me? And it shouldn't be happening. Go ahead, get it out. Just get it out. Get over with it. Because if you try to sub subdue it and keep it down then you're just going to be thinking about that while you're trying to just have a conversation with the Lord. So just get it out. Lord, I'm mad. I wish you'd have done this. I don't know why you didn't do this, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of mad. I'm kind of, I'm kind of pouting right now, Lord. Well, at least you're there in this presence. At least you're going into it. At least you're making an effort to get there. But you, sometimes you just got to get it out. Okay? You're a fleshly person. You're a, you feel. You have emotions. You're, just get it out. He doesn't care. But then you have got to find that place where you begin to dip your toe into the river of living water. And if you do not get there, okay, you'll get discouraged. You've got to get there, even if it's just for the slightest little, even if it's just that moment you feel close to the Lord. Even if you didn't hear him say anything, at least you got into his presence. Now, this is not something that takes place once a month. This is something that takes place every day. And the more you drive into the throne every day, then the more you're going to be able to build your life and bind and loose in this world and run your factory because you are hearing from the presence of the Lord. You know what to do. 
Now, my time's in the morning. I get up, I get up early in the morning, every morning, and I'm going to go sit down there. Some mornings, I am a tiger. In the morning, I am ripping. I'm going through my factory. I'm telling people to get busy. I am speaking. I am talking. I am commanding. I got new visions for, for expanding the plant. We're going to go out. I mean, some other mornings, I'm just like, oh, God, give me a cup of coffee. I don't know. I start reading the word, and I'm just like, and also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock, I'll build my church rocks. Man, I've got rocks out there in the yard. I need to get those things out of there, Lord. I'll build my church, Lord. I'm tired of building. I don't want to build anymore. I just don't really know. And the gates of hell, gates of hell. Yeah, it's hotter than hell out there, Lord, and I'm telling you, man. It's just like, the, you know, as the sun gotten closer, what is going on? You said it's not going to prevail against me, but man, it feels like it's prevailing against me, Lord. And I'll give you the keys. Thank you, Lord, for the keys. Sometimes that's my morning. All right? And like other mornings, I'm, man, like I said, I'm expanding the factory. I can see vision. I'm standing up there. I'm commanding angels and armies, and, and I can see it rescuing and children and the broadcast going around the world. And Right? But that's okay. The Lord knows it. I'm all right with that. But you know what? The next morning, I'm going to be back at the door. I'm going to get up. I'm going to go sit down. I'm going to start over again. And then you know what? The next morning, I'm going to do it too. I adjust my time. I adjust my time for what I have to do that day. My wife will verify this. It's true. If I know that I've got to leave the house earlier than I normally would, then I'm going to have to get up earlier because I'm not going to go without my time with the Lord. Even if it's just like I said, it, it ain't, I'm not even getting much done reading. Like I can't focus. Right? But that's okay. Because the next morning I'll hit pay dirt. Or that day the Lord may say something to me about what I read. Or, 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 or there may be, my wife may say something. I, say, oh, I was reading that scripture right there. and we, we just, Yeah. You know, and then boom, there it is, and pop, 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 and things start popping. But unless you're committed to do it like that, I'm telling you, it's not, I'm not trying to get you to be like, you know, I'm not preaching this message so y'all can be superhuman and, you know, and give more or anything like that. I'm trying to talk to you about this is just the way you got to live life. There's no other way. You're not going to be able to rule your kingdom and have dominion over it and do any binding and loosening until you've got a revelation that you've heard from the Father. Okay, when he says, when he said to Peter, he said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. That word reveal means to uncover, to lay open what has been veiled or covered up. To make known, make manifest, disclose what before was unknown. So in other words, heaven pulls the, the covers back so you can see what's really there. How many times I've been in there praying about something. Lord, I don't understand why this isn't working. Why they didn't go in over here? Lord, I just, I just, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll go through. I'll take shots at anything. I rebuke the devil in the name of Jesus. I plead the blood. I do this, and all of a sudden the Lord will say, <clears throat> "Have you thought about unforgiveness?" I'm like, I don't want to talk about unforgiveness. I just want you to move that mountain. But see, He knows what's wrong. The other day I was working. For my son, and I was I was building a camera unit, and 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 I got it all built, all done, looked pretty, everything was wired right. Plugged the baby in, lights just went crazy everywhere. Just, I was like, what? It's never done this. So I unplugged it right quick. I thought, man, what's wrong? So I got my test route, tested everything, couldn't figure out what was wrong. 
looked around, took it all like the end, looked around. That's weird. So I said, well, I don't know any other way to do it but the old school method. So I just plugged it in, lights flashing, where I started unplugging components until all of a sudden I unplugged one, the light quit flashing. I was like, ah, it's in this one. So I traced the wire down, got over there, thought, oh, it's got to be this. Pulled that thing off, looked at it, wouldn't do it, wouldn't quit. So then I said, well, now I've done all of this, worked on it for about an hour till I prayed. Isn't that like we always do? We just try to beat our head against the rock, trying to move it until finally we stop and pray. And so I stopped my prayer and said, Lord, I just stepped back and I actually said like this. I said, Holy Ghost, something's wrong. I don't know what would you show me. And just inside of my head, down in my heart, I heard him say, the barrel connector is bad. I'm like, the barrel connector can't be bad. It's brand new. It's out of the package over there. It's brand spanking new. How could the barrel? So I started arguing with him. I said, it cannot be the barrel connector. The barrel connector cannot be bad. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Nothing wrong with the barrel connector. It's brand new. It's out of the box. He took it out. It came from the factory. I plugged it in. So I thought, oh, wait a minute, maybe I wired it wrong. So I untaped, because you had to, it's all taped up. So I had to untape this thing. I didn't want to untape it. So I, 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 man, isn't that a, that's a message right there. We did, I didn't want to untape it. And so then I untape it. I look at it. No, it's wired right. So I said, see, it's not it. And then I heard again, barrel connector. So I said, okay, it's not going to take me a minute. I'll take it off and show you it's wrong, not the barrel connector. So I took it off, pulled that baby off, plugged it back in, <laughs> worked. I was like, that's a bad barrel connector from the factory. Man, I just took it over there and shoved it right down in the trash. It's far down, so I'd never pick it up again. It'd get out of there. Went and got another one, put it on there, but worked perfect. But why did I work on it for an hour before I asked the Holy Ghost? And we got Christians who've been walking around for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. Holy Ghost has been telling them what they need to do, but they won't do it. Okay, I'm going to quit. I got 14 more points. Because you really need to understand, and we'll just tear into this next week maybe, but we just, you just really need to understand what you have dominion over. Okay? And I want to go through that. What do you have dominion over and what you don't have dominion over? Let me just give you the don't. You don't have dominion over anybody else's free will. Okay? Just go ahead and quit trying to make so-and-so do what you want them to do. <laughs> you don't have dominion over that. Amen? So let's just get into that next week. So praise God. So you have an assignment now. Everybody has an assignment. Right? You're going to turn off the TV. You're going to turn off the radio. You're going to turn off those distractions. You're going to go turn off your brain. You're going to quit listening to the yakety yak going on inside of your head. You may have to wrestle that thing for a while before we finally get it killed. But you've got to get that thing to shut up, and you've got to sit down and spend time in the presence of the Lord. Take your word. Read your word every day. Look into the word. Read the word. Go over the word. Go over the word. Go over the word. I've got to tell you this one last thing. I was listening to... Uh, message by a minister and basically you know he was he's from a different denomination and i was just watching him to anyway and he was laying out some stuff about all all the things going on in the world today and it was pretty rough you know i mean it was pretty pointed pretty rough i mean basically the zombie apocalypse is right over the horizon you know right there coming and so it, you know and it was just like really bad and so i got to thinking you know being a pastor myself, and this guy's a pastor of a large church, and I got to learn, how's he going to end it? 
So I'm thinking before he's getting to the end of his message, Lord, how's he going to end this thing? You know, like, I mean, he's just told everybody the worst thing in the world. And how's he going to give some hope at the end of it? <laughs> so he gets down to the end of it. And he just says, <clears throat> now, in ending this message here today, I know I've told you all a lot of things, but if uh, you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you need to get saved now. And I was like, well, that's pretty good, wasn't it? Right there, that's pretty on them. And he says, and to those of you that do know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you need to read your Bibles. You need to really read your Bible. Okay, God bless you. And he just closed the service. And I'm like, I guess that I got it all in right there. That two, two, you know? So anyway, praise the Lord. So that's where we need to be. We need to stay in the Word. Amen? So I'm glad y'all joined us tonight. I'm glad y'all are here. I'm glad everybody's in here. And let's just stand up for a minute. I want to pray over you. I want to pray over your offerings. I know our giving has been kind of crazy. We're not passing buckets anymore. The buckets in the back of the church, those of you giving out there uh, by, you know, however means you're doing it, God bless you. Thank you for being faithful uh, to continue to give. But I want to pray over your finances. I want to pray over your blessings. I want to pray over your, uh, this message over you. So, Father, right now, I just thank you in Jesus' name. Lord, first of all, I pray over everyone here tonight, everyone listening. Lord, I just declare that we are, want to hear from heaven. We want to hear from heaven. And the distractions that have gotten us in life, whether the distractions are soulish things, emotional things that we're angry about, or this or that or the other that have taken us out of spending time with you, Lord, I just rebuke that in the name of Jesus. And I think those obstacles are going to get cleared out of the way. I declare, Lord God, that, that we are going to hear clearly the voice of heaven. And we're going to live our life on the, the revelation of who you are and your word and your truth and your promises. Lord, I pray over every person's finances, over their businesses. I declare, Lord God, that, that we have a stimulus from heaven that always comes, Lord. That you bless us because we are blessed people of God. I thank you, Lord, for making ways where there seems to be no way, that, Lord, you continue to create miracles and signs and wonders in people's lives. You continue to people, as they turn to you, to see a flow in of cash coming into their life. And, Lord, those that have lost their businesses, they think it's over with. I thank you for giving them a new hope, showing them a way where there seems to be no way, because that's the kind of God you are, and that the latter end will be greater than at the beginning. And, Lord, I praise you for that. So bless them tonight, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church.